I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. It's not the point of the show, Sanae. Or is it? Maybe. I don't know. But do you want to go on a holiday to Hawaii? Kind of? After watching this? Yeah, it looks nice. Looks you're not supposed relaxing. to think that, are you? I don't know. <laughs> I think you're supposed to think it's bad. And still the allure is there, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Bloody hell. Good show. All right, let's go. Hello there. Welcome to another episode of a little podcast I like to call I Only Like You and Movies and Sometimes HBO Television Shows. My name's Lonnie. Her name's Sine. How are you doing, Sine? Hi. I'm good, thanks. It's a long title, <laughs> but I'm working on it. Okay? I think it's going to work. So this week we have seen... The White Lotus. It came out kind of recently, a few weeks ago, um, on HBO and Binge down here in the land of Oz. Um, it was one of those ones that I didn't know about it when it was being made or anything. All of a sudden it came out. I had no, I hadn't seen a trailer and no idea of it coming. All of a sudden everyone's talking about it and you're like, oh, I've got to watch another show, have I? And then you watch it and you're like, yeah, that was good. <laughs> Don't you reckon? Yeah. If you haven't seen this, stop what you're doing. <laughs> if you're driving home from work, stop, pull over, please. Ah, pull over. Yeah, <laughs> Open up Binge on your phone yeah. and sit there <laughs> for six hours to watch this show, please. Yeah. Um, okay. So I think it's good sometimes to give a little overview at the beginning. So what's, what's it all about today? Oh, God. Um, so <laughs> there's a bunch of people yeah. who go to Hawaii and they're they're not like linked what's the word ensemble cast that there's like different stories of these different mm. people who go to the island for a vacation some people are on their honeymoon some people are on like a family holiday um and there's the people who work in the hotel themselves and it's what happens essentially over the duration of their stay and there's yeah. intrigue and like mystery and like mm-hmm. twists and like commentary on white supremacy and reparations and and it, it's all those things and it's really funny as well. It's so funny. It's just oh, it's so good. I loved it. I loved I, it. I'm glad to know because there are some things I wasn't sure what what you're going to think about it. But well, actually, I, I was pretty sure you're going to like it. But then as it went on, I was like, oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> there are some um oh well some elements I didn't quite like actually. Okay. But let's get into it. Um, yeah, I really recommend it. So if you haven't watched it already, go watch it. Now, the thing that I thought was really cool mm-hmm. was how the interconnected stories, as you mentioned, um, and how they sort of all linked into each other but not directly. Mm. It's kind of – it was almost like stepping back in a sort of like a fairy tale. I'm not what I'm trying to get at, but like a parable maybe or something like that. I don't know. One of those things. You know what I mean, everybody. No one just, knows just what you mean. With me. Please explain. <laughs> Well, it's like the thing you don't realize one action you take will then lead into the life and affect the life of someone else, like a sort of butterfly effect almost because yes. 
you, you think you're following one storyline and then you're like, you think back and you're like, oh, okay, because the girls left their bag behind because they were talking to Jennifer Coolidge, mm-hmm. then the drugs ended up with Armand and then that led to Armand being caught by the guy, by mm-hmm. um, by Sean, Shane, sorry. So anyway, I just thought that was an interesting way to approach a story where it is like a, a house of cards almost like that or like a butterfly wing affecting all these people who just, as you said, happened to come together for the same week at this resort. I think that was cool. Yeah, I think so too. Mm. Yeah, Mike White is the writer and director and pretty impressive to write and direct such a show and quite quickly apparently. Apparently he wrote it last year at the beginning beginning of COVID and then they were filming it, you know, by the end of September or November or something. So pretty impressive, right? So how can this, that's unfair. You can't make <laughs> a show like this in a pandemic when most of us don't get changed out of our pyjamas every day. <laughs> That's not fair. That's that's overachieving, Mike. You didn't right. have to do that. And so I, I, I knew the name, but I didn't know much about Mike White's name. Do you know much about him? I mean, I've, I recognise the name similarly, but I don't. Yeah, couldn't tell. Well, you. He wrote School of Rock, which will be the ah, thing that yep. you and I both know him well. And he's also he plays the the real Dewey in that movie, the real the one that Jack Flax oh, yeah, takes yeah. his place. Yeah, yeah, you know. Um, but he's he's run he's written a lot of other things as well, including a show called Enlightened. I think that was an HBO, so he already had like a, a ongoing relationship with HBO, so it's probably why it was easier to get this yeah. mm-hmm. up and running. Um, and also he's like been on Amazon, like on, let's say Amazon, he's been on Survivor, like as a contestant. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. And The Amazing Race, that's I've got my tongue tied there, but he was an Amazing Race as well, like he, he goes on to those shows. Okay. Um, and I was reading a bit about him and he was talking about how he's been all over the world with those shows and, you know, being a rich screenwriter and director in Hollywood and he's like I'm in Sri Lanka and it's the most beautiful resort I've been to but then he realized it's all there because of stolen money and stolen mm-hmm. still colonials like it's a remnant of that past but then it's also so beautiful the resort I'm staying in like and I think that is kind of that's what this show is trying to grapple with isn't it all those yeah. sort of elements it actually made me think so I went to Fiji for my sister's wedding a few years mm. ago and this isn't you know I'm not blaming anybody. So who are you on the show tonight? Tell us. Um, I'm Jennifer Coolidge. No. (laughs) But I am though. It made me feel uncomfortable, some of the things, to be honest. Like driving from the airport to the hotel, there is a lot of poverty. Mm. And then you go to this lovely hotel with these people who are so nice and welcoming and it's like, is this good what we're doing here? Like... I don't know. It made me feel a bit uncomfortable. But then someone else pointed out that without the tourist tourism, they wouldn't have jobs, these people. Like they wouldn't mm. have like a way to make money for the country. And I was kind of like, yeah, but like should we? I don't know. bit weird. Well, it's interesting then because the, the version of Fiji or Hawaii or whatever yeah. sort of Pacific Island tourist destination it is, what you're seeing is the facade. Yes. You're seeing what you're designed to see, not the real place that you're going to. Yeah. And and there's some elements of this that I think some people have taken exception to with the White Lotus, being that Mike White is a you know, white American dude, made this show all by himself mm-hmm. as a writer and director. But I, I think the show is, is at least trying to cover up those blind spots and it's coming from the perspective of the rich white people and satirizing them in a black comedy mm-hmm. and also giving a lot of space to the other voices. How much can you give as a white guy 
you know, giving that, giving space in your show to someone else like that. Like maybe you should have another director or writer on board who can mm. give that other perspective. But I think that the show is, is trying to do that in the best way possible and maybe it doesn't always get there. But you've got to give them points for trying because, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago they wouldn't even have been trying to do that. Yeah. Thought, so, uh, what was the the funniest bit to you, and also why was it when Jennifer Coolidge was trying to spread her mother's ashes on the boat? Oh my god! The funniest monologue I've seen in years, the mate. That <laughs> scene. Okay, so firstly, my Jen- mother. <laughs> firstly, Jennifer Coolidge is iconic. There is really? no other word for it. I, I hadn't realized what a good actor she is. She is shame, perfect. Yeah. Shame on me, I think, because I, I guess I haven't watched a lot of her stuff in the past and she's probably given a more media role in this. Than Didn't see her previously. as the stepmother in a Cinderella story starring Hilary Duff and Chad Michael Murray. No, but like what she does, she does perfectly and that's all you can ask of an actor, right? She is absolutely phenomenal. And that mm. whole sequence, like a lot of this show – like, yeah, there's funny moments, but it's very much funny cringe. Like it's, mm. oh, God, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? Go away. Stop talking. Yeah, and it's hitting the right people. It's like punching up like, yeah. some time, which is good. And when that sequence happens on the boat <laughs> and Plop, who I'm going to call Plop from the office, um, and his <laughs> wife, I trying to have mm. this nice romantic dinner and she thinks that they're there to help her support spreading her yeah. mother's ashes yeah. and then she can't do it. She can only spread half of it and, oh, it's so <laughs> funny. Uh, and she's, she's a revelation in this and her storyline was heartbreaking because I knew it yeah. was coming. I was like, she's not going to help you. No. Was it Rachel, was it? I think or, no, Rebecca, I think. Belinda. Belinda. Very similar name to Rachel and Rebecca. <laughs> The thing, there's Sorry. one choice that Jennifer Coolidge made, though, on the boat, mm. one acting choice that had me completely in stitches. Mm. Do you know what it was? No, please tell me. It's when she's drinking a glass of champagne and she's trying to scull it, but instead of just, like, taking one long continuous drink of the champagne, <laughs> she, like, takes a gulp and puts it down and then takes a gulp and then puts it down and then takes a gulp and she does it, like, six times yeah. until she downs the wine. It, she's so... She's oh god, she's brilliant in this. Brilliant. I, I would think an Emmy's on on its way, surely for her. Please, please let that be. And you know, we've kind of alluded to that they're like balancing these different storylines. Mm. They're very well balanced, and also they're all interesting. Yes, I, I wasn't. I wasn't bored by any of them. I don't no, think. there's not a dud one that you're like, oh come on, let me get back to well, the show. One thing, actually, one thing I'll say, which I kind of said before, mm. one thing I didn't quite like. I loved Armand. Absolutely, perform- performance oh, of a lifetime. Why has he oh. not been in everything <laughs> ever? Is well, he- the reason why, Sine, is because, as someone said on Twitter, he isn't an actor. He is someone who's worked at that resort his whole life and oh, just yeah. wandered in. They just started <laughs> filming in a resort and they're like, hey, this guy's, we'll just film him doing his regular stuff. Like at the end of, um, what's the movie with Tom Hanks? With the boat? Oh, yeah, Captain, Captain Phillip. Now. Captain Phillip. And they got yeah. the actual um, real-life like paramedic yeah. nurse and she mm. was really nervous about it. Same situation. Amon was just running his resort and we're like, hey, can we film you? <laughs> uh, what I'd say, I love him so much and, and his character was so interesting. I, I kind of felt that maybe I'd seen someone descend into drug abuse before on yeah. the screen. Yeah, yeah. But it was still really well done and the, the kind of thing about Amon, which I thought was so fascinating, it's like if he just apologised, his storyline would be over. Oh, but he couldn't. But you, he just and couldn't. Plop couldn't it, let it go. And then I know, every and time. I, I was so sad because 
Do you remember How to Be Single? Yes. Which is a really terrific rom-com, isn't it? Great movie. And he's in that, mm-hmm. as I recall, and he's a really nice, lovely character in that. Yeah. Drake Lacey, that is. And this one, you just want to punch him from the get-go. Oh, he has such a punchable face. Every decision that they made, like the Ralph Lauren polo shirt, yep. the sunglasses, like these wraparound sort of just uh-huh. ugh, an absolute tosser. Like you look yep. at him and you're like, I know exactly like who you're trying oh, to be right now and yeah. I hate those people so much. <laughs> and like that's awesome in and of itself, but the fact that I've seen him other things and he's such a, such a sweetheart normally, it made me so angry that I, I, I was seeing him like this. One thing that I really loved about his performance were his line readings. He mm-hmm. just has such an interesting way of like delivering each line in a way that I wouldn't have thought it was delivered in. Like he just, mm. even simple lines like, put on something nice for dinner. He'll go, put on something nice because we're going for dinner, like something like yeah. that, you know, like it was just really, really well done. And I don't know how you felt like this today, but every now and then you kind of see the charming side of him. Yeah, you do. Yeah. And and uh, that that whole storyline with, with the, the newlyweds, Rachel, yeah. Rachel uh, you know, not that I've seen um, Alexandria Dadaro in a whole lot, but she was giving me more than I've ever seen before. <laughs> I know. Just the hidden depths of like being one of the most beautiful women in the world, but also sometimes you, you start to realize that she was that. Oh, that's what I'm here for. I'm here for sex and to be beautiful. And we can't wife. we can't talk about this without talking about Molly Shannon, who also Molly Shannon. <laughs> a surprise Molly Shannon is always good in a show. Always welcome a surprise Molly Shannon. And if she turned up right here in front of my in in my house, yes. Totally. Come on in, Molly. Fine. Let's do it. <laughs> oh, she's so good, isn't she? Were you loving that storyline? I, I, I had a feeling so you would much. love that one the most. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> you just know people like that. And mm-hmm. I was just like, God, go away. Oh, it was so good. Like just decided to like drop in at, on mm-hmm. her trip to somewhere else, just crash her son's mm-hmm. honeymoon because that's a normal thing to do. Yeah. It was so good. And her, her face when Rachel's like, you know, want to get – get a job yeah. and keep working and she's like why would you want to do that why you've <laughs> you've done your job you've got a rich husband yeah that's what you do and it's just like us come again what yeah I, I just thought that was heartbreaking and that like yeah. on some sh- on some shows some movies that would be the whole the whole thing yep. the whole storyline would be that and i think i don't think it's doing a disservice by being part of an ensemble no. you know multi protagonist story but it was really nice um the way it was balanced out as i've been saying mm. What about the family? Should we talk about them for a bit? Yeah, let's talk about them. So quick point, mm. no one on this show has a normal-sized forehead. <laughs> <laughs> Either really, really small or mm. really, really large. Okay. Are you having to go at Steve's arm? Because no, be careful here. Okay? Of course I'm not. Just saying there's variation in forehead size. That might mm. be something you want to know going in. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you've got like a thing about that. So wife and husband – Wife runs essentially Google. Mm. Um, two kids, 15-year-old Quinn, who's addicted to porn. And his switch and his, and his phone and whatever. Yeah, electronics. And then mm-hmm. daughter, whose name I can't remember at this current moment. Sydney Sweeney's the actor because she was in Handmaid's Tale season two. Do you recall? She was the the girl that was given to Nickel, you know, the guy. The oh, mm. Okay. And she's like sure. 14 or something and she's given off to him as his wife and he's like, oh, I don't think I like this. You know, yeah. Here we are. Yeah, she's been a lot of things. And uh, 
You just want to slap her. Like, oh, well, I hate well, her so much. Oh in, in the terms of she's playing a bitchy character. Yeah. I hope that makes sense. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but she and her, her college friend, in there, they're very much the millennials, um, social justice warriors, millennials who would, you know, think they know best about everything. Yeah. And, you know, for the most part, you're kind of agreeing with what they're on about, but also they're doing it in such an obnoxious way. These are the people yeah. that make me scared of Gen Z. Because <laughs> they're like so mean, and True. like they're not millennials. They're, they're more Gen Z. I'm they're Gen say, Z, yeah. and they're, they're so mean. And like I'm Rachel in that situation where that she's trying to talk to them, and they're like, "Hmm, nice." Mm. And it's, oh, just be nice to me. I'm sorry. I'm trying really hard to make a friend. <laughs> yeah, they they're very it's very cutting, and and that sort of really toxic relationship that can come. You could maybe say between teen girls, but I think anyone could really mm. have this sort of thing where. Your friends, but really you hate each other. Yeah. Or your friends, but actually the whole friendship, as they say, is about me being better than you or, or vice versa. Mm-hmm. So not really a friendship then, is it? Let's face it. Olivia's really using Paula as a prop almost. Oh, yeah. You could argue. Yeah. To, Given to, that to sort of act out her social justice standpoints. Mm-hmm. And then she's trying to be nice, right? And she's trying to be like the bridge between her parents who are this sort of not white supremacists, but they very much ignorant mm. of race and racial discussions. But then she almost is as bad as them because she's using Paula as a way to like, I don't know, validate her point or something. So Paula's still being used as a, you know, mm, absolutely. pawn in this whole thing. Paula doesn't actually say to us for herself that this is wrong. You know, it's all through Olivia. Yeah. And I, th- I thought that Steve Zahn as the father Mark mm. I liked him and he's going through his own sort of midlife crisis and yeah. that was all in- I love Steve Zahn so I was all on board with him a- apart from maybe the, the graphic shot of his <laughs> Okay, so, so if you're listening to <laughs> this podcast um, in the presence of children, you might want to mm. press pause now, give you a couple of seconds. We're going to talk about some adult content which may not be suitable for young ears. Mm. Okay. Um, the dick and balls. <laughs> The random dick and balls that, that assaulted me through my screen, I, I've i never seen. See, this is the problem. It makes you think weird things. I've never seen a dick and balls like that on screen before. I've seen like a flaccid penis. <laughs> Why are we talking about that? Like, you know, Ben Affleck in Gone Girl or um, Michael Fassbender in Shane. There's like, you've seen it. You haven't seen like a close up of testicles and it was very confronting to me and I did not enjoy it. And I just think that the episode should have come with a warning. It didn't it put you on edge dress the series? Oh, like, where, when's, when's it, it going to come up? <laughs> Every scene that he was in yeah. talking about it, I'm like, is he going to show her? I just, I don't want to know. I don't want to know. Yeah. Uh, what I was going <laughs> to, I'll let that slide. So now you can say whatever you want there. I'm just going to move on. Okay. From, from, you, can, you can take that as the. As your point for this episode. Um, now, what I was going to say is that I thought the whole family obviously is quite ignorant in their relationship to race and sexism and et cetera, mm-hmm. all those things. But I, I kind of felt a little bit sorry for the mum because I felt like she was like trying to do everything right in her life, like yeah. to be the woman who sort of has, has it all and has done it all and she sacrificed everything to become, you know, the top of her, of her field. Yeah. And then, like, even that's not good enough for her family. No. Okay, her husband is, you know, kind of feeling a bit put out because she's, she's more successful than he is and 
I, I get that's a feeling well. why he had the affair almost or yeah. Yeah, part of it at least. The son, you know, he doesn't talk to them basically even though they give him everything he wants and mm-hmm. could ever need in life. And the daughter seems to hate her. Yeah. Just bec- Not just because that's what daughters do but almost because like the mom represents everything that she hates about, you know, society. And like she's sitting back, Nicole, played by Connie Britton, who's always great, and she's like, well, what have I done wrong? I've done everything right. Society has sort of led me to believe is what he should do yeah. for your family and your life and to have it all and be the woman who leans in and all those things. Mm-hmm. And I'm not trying to excuse anything of any of her, you know, outrageous comments or anything, but I, I did kind of feel for her in that sense because I know, every character is kind of flawed and you, they're all, a lot of them you, you can see their flaws are their most overwhelming aspect, like um, Jake Lacey is Shane, but there is something about them all that they, they feel quite real and you can, can kind of feel or see where they're coming from even if you don't quite agree with it at all times. Mm, I agree. Thank you. One thing I didn't like about the show, mm. wait, have we, have we covered all the people? Um, oh, we haven't talked much about Belinda and her storyline. So Belinda sort of comes in um, to help Jennifer Coolidge Jennifer Coolidge sort of takes her on as a, what would you say, a little like a prod, yeah. <laughs> so Jennifer Coolidge is getting a massage and getting all sort of treatments done by Belinda. And it's like, oh, you're so good. You should start your own resort sort of thing. Mm. And then Belinda's like, oh, if you think so, maybe I should do that. And then doesn't quite believe it at first, but then it goes on and on. Yeah, so to, Belinda to the manages the pitching. spa at the mm. hotel and Jennifer Coolidge is like kind of, Obviously, she's in grief. Her mother's died. She's here to spread the ashes. She's mm. having a tough time. And Belinda sort of helps her through that. And then Jennifer Coolidge, like, latches onto her and wants to, like, I don't know, yeah. be in this together sort of thing. Um, but then what the show is really good at is the fact that, like, Jennifer Coolidge has is almost like a parasite on Belinda and, like, taking yeah. up all her goodwill and, and everything she can, sucking up all that emotional support which is more than you should probably get from someone who's giving you a massage at a, at yeah. a spa but at the same time Belinda play my Natasha Rothwell who's really great I thought mm. she at the same time she's like well this could be my chance to get one of these rich white people to pay for me to get my own sort of gig going use the system so kind of, sort of thing they're exploiting each other in that mm. sense aren't they mm. but oh, it's heartbreaking when at the end yeah Jennifer Coolidge, who's that's her name, obviously, in the show. Jennifer Coolidge is just Jennifer Coolidge. Similar yeah. to Armand, Jennifer Coolidge just went on holiday mm. and they just filmed <laughs> her around the resort. <laughs> um, but when she tells her at the end, you're like, no, I can't actually yeah. do this because you've seen oh, it coming it for six episodes. Yeah. And then she gives her the money and it's like, yeah. this is worse somehow. This is just yes. much worse. Yeah. It's just, oh, it's horrible. And... Oh, this show, oh God, it's so good. All right, I'm going to jump into the one sort of thing I didn't really love. Please. So I think this show suffered from what I'm going to call pilot syndrome mm-hmm. in that often when TV shows are filmed, they film a pilot first, the first episode, and then they generally shop this around to people to see who mm. wants to pick it up, right? That's generally how it works. I'm not saying that's how it worked here. It might not have been because he already had, Mike White already had that relationship with HBO. Mm. Um, but the reason I say that is because Lani, who is pregnant in the first episode and mm. goes into labor in the first episode, she works for the hotel. I thought we were sort of sided with her to be our protagonist, but she mm. never appears again in the show. 
And to me, that just felt sort of like a thread that wasn't, that had to be discarded because that actor had found another job or like that sort of feeling. And the pilot for me didn't feel as cohesive with this whole story as like the other episodes did. Do you know what I mean? Did you get that feeling? I totally feel that. I kept kept wondering where she was or what's going to happen to her. Is she coming back or? (laughs) Mm. Yeah. However, as I, as I said, I, pretty sure like they wrote them all together and filmed all together yes, so yeah i don't think that but it totally felt like that i think what i read from mark white about that was that yeah it could just be that the actor was not there or something or was busy I, potentially but what he said was like because they're all interchangeable yeah people work at the hotel she's just not there anymore and like who cares because someone else will get your towel for you was kind of the idea mm. and the same with um with kai Nicola yes. Scott uh, Kekumano. Yeah. He was the staffer who was sort of having a fling with Paula. Once he's out of it, he's out of it. And that is kind of true to life because people at the resort will never see him again. So, yeah. I think it kind of makes sense in that sense. But from a storytelling TV perspective of how we set up people in the main, in the first episode for yes. a TV show, <laughs> you kind of like, I thought she was our character in. Yeah, me too. Like, you know, our character's eyes. Audience target, yeah. Mm. You know. That's fine that it wasn't. I just, that was one bit that wasn't as as clean to me as the rest of it was. Millions of people have lost weight with personalised plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Um, yeah, I feel that. We're going to get into massive spoilers, so if you chose not to listen to the first bit, I'm mad at you. You know that. You know how I feel about people listening to spoilers, but do what you want. It's your life, whatever. You're just Mm -hmm. making it shit for yourself. Mm. So it's set up in the first episode that there's a dead body, right, because we're we're sort of in present day and Jake Lacey's in the airport Mm. and there's human remains being loaded onto the plane for their trip back. It's a classic sort of HBO or yeah. you know, higher quality drama where it's like, oh, there's a dead body. What's going on? So Let's now go you're back thinking, yeah, yeah. You, you've got a dead body and who's it going to be? Mm. So I want to know, Lonnie, who was your pick in the first episode of who the dead body was? Okay. I'll tell you what I was thinking and then I'll tell you what happened, all right? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so just from that first episode, I didn't really know, but you kind of think that Jake Lacey is implicated in some way yeah. because he's there. So you think maybe his wife, maybe it's all gone wrong. Mm-hmm. However, you kind of also think if that's the case, why isn't he in handcuffs or something? Yeah. So I wasn't really sure. And then, stupidly, I looked up um, Armand White Lotus on Google and the first result was, uh... here's what here's what Mari Butler thinks about being killed. I was like, oh, okay. 
Google. You can't Google. I, I know, here's what I, I want. I want to get straight to the actor because sometimes Wikipedia has stuff that you sort of, or IMDb has things that you don't want to see. So I thought I was going to cheat the system. Here's yeah. what I'd like. A soundproof room, a bunker perhaps, maybe a bunker, maybe a war bunker okay. with no connection to the outside world mm. where when a new show is released, I can just be like go to my little bunker and watch the show <laughs> and there's no risk of anyone spoiling me. This is my dream. Can yeah. someone make this happen? Because how annoying. You got spoiled. Mm. When did you get spoiled? How early on? Like after I watched the first episode, I was oh. like, I was like, well, there's this Australian actor, Armand, Murray Bartlett, no, a fan of his name is now, who was amazing. And I'm like, oh, okay. So that's cool. That's so disappointing. So, and then... To be honest, after that, it wasn't really part of the show, so I kind of forgot about it in the sense of I wasn't, like, yes. wondering what's going to be happening. And I think some people have kind of suggested that was part of the show, like, almost not a parody, but, like, sort of exploiting audience expectations of being a dead body because it really mm. almost an afterthought in the show, isn't it? It is, yeah. It's not It's not the point. It's not like every episode we end with a shot of the cop, like, box yeah. going into the plane or anything like that. So my first pick was also Rachel, the wife, mm. but I thought that was too obvious. I thought it was a bit of a red herring. So sure. my pick was going to be Paula because I thought that it was mm. going to be like the ultimate exploitation. Look what this white family has done. They got, mm. you know, the girl killed. I'm glad they didn't go that route because I don't know if it would have been received very well, but that was my pick. To find out it was Armand, several points. Okay. That sequence where he's in the hotel room, another adult moment, cover your little one's ears. He poos. He poos in the suitcase. He doesn't poo. He does a poo and you see it like squeezing out and all I could think of was the poor prop hand who was obviously like crouched behind him having to squeeze this substance that looks like human shit in a way that it could like plop off at the right time to be in the suitcase. He he shat in the suitcase. He shat in Jake mm. Lacey's suitcase. And you kind of think like uh, that's him. He's taken so much shit for the last, mm -hmm. pardon the pun, for 30, 40 years of his life, right? Oh, yeah. And this is him sort of going out on the, well, on the high, but like giving it, leaving it all in the park, you know? He's yeah. like the final. Fuck it, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Here's two things that I didn't like about that. The first mm -hmm. one is he gets stabbed in his torso on the right-hand side, fairly high up, mm -hmm. right? It probably punctured a lung. I'm happy to go mm. with that. I don't know that he would have died from it, and I mm. also don't think he would have died that quickly from it because you see in war films it takes people a long time to die from mm. small injuries like that. It wouldn't mm. have pierced his heart. It was on the wrong side. The worst it could have done was a lung, and then he dies very quickly and there's not that much blood. It's like, what are you dying from? Maybe he went yeah. to shock. I don't know. It was a bit convenient. He had drugs in his system, I guess. But yeah, yeah, so maybe the, the cocaine yeah, or something whatever. put him into yeah. cardiac arrest. Sure, fine. Here's my actual problem with it. You've killed off your in to making this show an infinite number of series. Mm. You have this group of guests leave and you have another group of guests come in. And every season you have a new group of guests because that's what they're like, right? They're like this, it doesn't matter who comes. They're the same kind of people. They're all awful. They're all horrible. Mm -hmm, We're just mm -hmm. here to serve them. You could have done this forever and I could have had Murray Bartlett on my screen forever. 
what is wrong with you? Why did you do that to me? Well, He's the funny. best part of this show. I know. And that's saying something because Jennifer Coolidge is in this. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's funny you say that because it has been renewed for a second season, but obviously no, no Armand. Guys, you've you've messed up there. I'm sorry. You really have. You really yeah. have. He he was oh, incredible. Yeah, I'm with you. I want to. I'll see more because it's you know it's a great show, but I'm kind of less into it if the mom's not there, and obviously see, like, he's not. So. Rarely do we have the complaint that shows should be longer. Normally, we're like 13 episodes and nine of them mm. were filler. Mm. <laughs> they only had enough story for four. Yeah, exactly. But this one, I could have watched 10 episodes of this, honestly. Like when it was done, I mm. was like, really? Like I have so many more questions. I want more. Like it was so well yeah, done. It's so clever being over, over one week as well. Yeah. Because you're just getting a snapshot and people are different on holidays, aren't they? Which is people are different on holidays. That's well. it. You go to holiday to um, have a break from your real life and then sometimes you mm-hmm. end up having a different life for a week. So Yeah. Another thing I loved about the show was mm. so – We've already said so. Jake Lacey ends up killing Armand, um, in mm. sort of a misunderstanding. But he did have a knife that he was holding in front of him. But then he thought that there was an intruder. So that's uh, what I mean. Like you can you can kind of the dominoes are there yeah. from the very beginning of all these different people and their different storylines. And that's it. Sometimes all the dominoes led to Armand being killed, sort of yeah, for, almost, for no reason, basically. But the interesting thing is that the collateral damage, I guess, of these entitled people, like yeah. Even Paula, to an extent, she gets Kai in trouble. Like that wasn't supposed to happen. Like it's her fault that that happened. And without that happening, the dad wouldn't have come in and gotten broken nose. Like that would have affected everything. Mm -hmm. And then that intruder is the reason why Jake Lacey had the knife. So it's just, yeah. And at the very beginning, if Armand had just given him the different room or – Yep. At the same time, if Jake Lacey had just hadn't been a dickhead. Just let it go. <laughs> if you listen to his wife, who he supposedly loves. Yeah. Did okay. Do you think he did love her? Yeah, quickly? I think so. Yeah. I think it was a, mm. a one of those things where he loved her, but it also was convenient, mm. I think. And so this you is my second bit that I want to talk yeah. about. So he kills Armand, but we know at the end he's not arrested. He's talking to mm. the police, but he gets to leave. He gets to go on the plane, you know, he's free. And in that way, it sort of mirrored the way that promising young women sort of treated men Mm. who do violent crime and and how they get away with it. Because he's rich and white and successful, they're like, oh, he didn't mean it. It was just an accident. Let him go. Mm. And it's very difficult not to imagine someone of colour in that position or someone less Mm -hmm. wealthy or well-off. That wouldn't have happened. If that had been the case. Yeah. You get the benefit of the doubt as a rich white guy, don't you? Yeah. And what is mm. most probably the most heartbreaking thing about this show for me is at the end when he's sitting in the airport and Rachel comes back. No, Rachel. No, Rachel. This was your chance you to get to, away from you me. You have to do it. Like when she started talking, I'm like, you've got to do it now. You've, you, mm. you have to follow through. But she goes, I'll be happy. And she's in that line which was just so beautifully delivered she's mm. put the last nail in her own coffin like what a line too i will be happy i'll be happy not i am happy with you no or i promise will... i'll be happy yeah yeah and not, not even will be happy no she's promising i'll shut up i'll, I'll shut be... up i'll be fine yeah 
I'll give you what you want. And that mm. isn't that oh, so heartbreaking because he was like, why are you ruining everything? Because for him, he didn't understand. Everything was perfect from his perspective. He didn't understand yeah. what she was talking about. And then it honestly the most heartbreaking thing. Like I just can't. Isn't it funny? We've, we've said heartbreaking so many times <sighs> for what on the surface is like a satirical black comedy about guests at a resort. Like it shouldn't have all this depth, should it? It, it shouldn't. Does. It has no right to be this good. And mm. it's so brilliant. Like purchasing, owning, watching multiple times, that's what level this is at for me. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, one question I did have, which is a bit of a logic police thing. Mm-hmm. Sirens. Yeah. Thank you. Um <laughs> Quinn. So Quinn's mm. the, the younger brother of um, Olivia. Yep. And he's 15 and he's like addicted to his devices and whatever. And, and loses them. And he loses them. A new, yeah. Firstly, so they force him to go, force him. He goes and sleeps on the beach because the girls don't want to share the room with him. And he has to li- yeah. sleep on this tiny little room in the kitchen. So it seems like he's, he might have some, some difficulties with learning and yes. development potentially. Yeah. And. Firstly, he puts his bloody iPad and Nintendo DS on the sand in the beach. What is wrong with you? Don't take your devices to the beach, first thing. Sand in them, disaster. Pull your little chair up back. Obviously, it's going to be high tide. What is wrong with you? Anyway, so the point is he sees this group of Hawaiian people who are rowing? Yeah, like like a kayak or canoe sort of situation yeah and he wants to get into that and he's very much see again it's pointed it's painted as like a positive thing that he he wants Mm. to get back in touch with life and he wants to go you know stay he wants to stay in hawaii Mm. and he has these these big Mm -hmm. eye-opening moments where he sees the whale and all that kind of stuff but as i'm saying this i've realized that's intentional because we all know that white guy who gets dreadlocks and gets really involved into a culture that he's not a part of. And in a way it's his own exploitation. He's Mm -hmm. like, yeah, it's great. He's not, he doesn't want to go back to America. He wants to stay with these people. But again, it's still that same thing where he's using them to find meaning in his own life. And my logic police thing, sorry, I took a Mm -hmm. detour there. So they're about to line up on the plane and he gets separated from his family, partly intentionally, I think. And he mm-hmm. has this moment where he goes, I don't have to get on the plane, and he leaves. Okay, two things. Firstly, when you're running away, don't run in a straight line. Like move left because the first thing they're going to do is peek around the corner and they're like, oh, that's our child running yeah. away. Don't do that. Secondly, wouldn't they stop the plane? Wouldn't they say there's no way that you're leaving, my son's not here? Or wouldn't if they're like, no, we have to leave the plane, they're like, fine, we're getting off then to look for our son? Hmm. Like they just let him go. <laughs> Or at the very least, like the dad would go and then everyone else. Yeah. Because they're not short of money. They can get another flight. Exactly. So that just seemed a little weird to me. I'm like, they'll find you. Like, it's Mm. not like you're going to go to somewhere really obscure. You're going to stay with those guys who are right at the hotel. And they're going to be like, hey, did you see a white kid paddling Mm -hmm. in a canoe? And they'll be like, yeah, he's just down here. Mm. Cool. Like he's spoken about them too. So it's not like it's a huge mystery where he's going or what he's doing. Yeah. And even then, like. It would take a, a five-second conversation from the mum and dad to talk to the guys he's, he's doing mm-hmm. this, like, excursion he wants to go on with. It's like, yeah, you know he's 15, right? Yeah. Maybe he can come back in two years when he finishes school. Exactly. Like, finish school and then come. 
Yeah, it's not the end of the world if he doesn't do it this instant, little shit. Like, oh. yeah, I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't entirely on board with that storyline, but I, I, I get it because he's an idiot. He's a kid. He's he. Mm -hmm. The first time he's probably thought about something else apart from himself. So. Yeah. I was like, man, don't don't be a blanket on the beach. Like that was really. Oh, you could dragging his my... doona through the sand. I know. It's like, I know. what is wrong good, with you? <laughs> and and it's also this weird thing, like the fact that they all thought, or he especially thought, that he couldn't connect to nature or have a real life back in New yeah. York or wherever they lived. And it's like, yeah, you have to go somewhere else and exploit the people mm -hmm. and be. They call it like exoticism, I think, like mm -hmm. going somewhere special for this spiritual journey, eat, pray, love style, and. Yeah, not in and of itself a bad thing, but it's like, yeah, but dude, you could reconnect to your own community Yeah, in, in America. Like, you don't have to do it here. I think the awareness about that kind of stuff now is increasing and, and the sort of, you know. Yeah, and it's a point of the show, so it's not that yes. the show's no, not at all. misguided there. In that yet. I just want to mention Dylan before we wrap up today. Oh, Dylan. Dylan, oh, who's bloody into it. <laughs> when he gets told he gets to choose his own shifts, he's like, sure. Yeah. Again, oh, and that's another of... moment. Oh, my God. We didn't even mention this. Another adult moment. <laughs> Armand has his face in Dylan's butt. It's between his butt cheeks. What is wrong with you? Armand, firstly, get a lock for your office. Like, oh, what are you doing? Thing. Taking yeah, drugs. Especially when you're hiding drugs there. <laughs> Just Maybe rest of time it's an open door policy, but not Puts then. out lines of cocaine on his desk. Mm. Doesn't, like try to hide it, tries to wipe the powder away. The powder's still there. We can all see that. <laughs> and then just having some sex with your staff member. Mm. Mm. Go on the couch. Go somewhere like behind yeah. a corner. Like what is wrong with you? Potentially he wanted to get caught, you know. Yeah, or he, he didn't care. He didn't care. Yeah, I get yeah. that. But also like I'm on. <laughs> uh, what I was going to say but yeah, about Dylan. Dylan. <laughs> Um, again, that's an example of people exploiting each other. Like yep. he's being used for sex from Armand and he's using sex to get what he, a better gig at work. So mm -hmm. a theme potentially emerging mm, in our discussion. Interesting. Do you remember last year when this guy, he posted a video of him doing an audition via Zoom and the director <gasps> that was him? criticizing? That was Dylan. No way. <laughs> he was criticizing his apartment saying how awful it looked and he didn't realize he wasn't muted and then... I remember that. And then Dylan's like, yeah, give me, uh, sorry, Lucas, give Lucas Gage, yeah. give me the gig. I know yeah. my apartment's shitty. And the guy's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Yeah. But Wikipedia oh my God. says he didn't get the job, but in the end it was okay because then he could go work with Molly Shannon in Hawaii. That's it. Like, <laughs> So it's a pretty good deal. I think. Yeah. I think you won that interaction. Yeah. Can we just talk, while we're talking about Amon's exploits, sexual exploits, could we talk mm -hmm. about his relationship with the dad? <laughs> Okay. Oh boy. So with Steve's on, you mean? Yeah. yeah. So he goes on a bender because he's mm. having a midlife crisis and thinks he has cancer and then doesn't have cancer and then finds out his dad was gay. And mm. he really can't accept the fact that his dad was gay. Seems like a real sticking point for him. And then mm. I don't know if Armand like intentionally read more into it than there was or or what happened, but like he tries to hit on him. And the guy's mm. like, oh, I couldn't believe it. It was so awkward when um, the dad says, does it feel good to have sex with men? Like it has mm. to feel good. Like the most inappropriate comment you could think to ask someone who was gay. Yeah. Um, and just 
then our mind's kind of like, well, do you want to? <laughs> like, yeah. Is that why you're asking? Or... Why don't we find out something? Yeah. yeah. And then he's so touchy-feely with him at the dinner. And, mm. Yeah, it, it's – at some point the show becomes almost a comedy of manners or a comedy of like yeah. social interaction in that sense, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah, really well done in that sense. God, this was a good show. Can we talk briefly about um, Jennifer Coolidge's love interest on the show? Yeah, okay. I don't trust him. So his name's Greg. And and the way he's coughing and he's coughing up blood, you're like, oh, okay, here's the dead body. Here we go. Yeah. But here's what I thought. He only started coughing Mm. when she started talking about the seriousness of the relationship. So I thought he was like, oh, I've got to go. I can't. (laughs) Oh, sorry. I just need some water. Bye. Mm. And she's so awkward. She goes to the pool. She goes to the yeah. pool while he goes to swim because he hasn't gotten back to her about their date. Oh, mm. Jennifer, just let it go. But then there's that beautiful scene at the end where they're at the bar before they leave and she said that, you know, death's the ne- next great adventure and yes. she knew all along and I didn't realise that she knew and I didn't give that character enough credit for knowing. But it, I don't know, I think that line gave an insight to her character. She's not this dumb, ditzy, blonde yeah. woman. She's... She knows what's going on. She's mm. happy to go full force into this. But having said that, she's just taking him on as her new project. You know, she switched. Mm. She was with Belinda and then when a new offer came along, off she goes, you know. Oh, yeah, that, and every character is doing that in their own way. And is that like, is that part of life? Is that what, what the message is that we all use each other at certain points for different things? I think so. In a good in good ways and bad ways. Yeah. yeah. Ugh. What a horrible, brilliant, fascinating, funny, thoughtful, insightful show. Like just top-tier television. I can see why people went mad for it on my Twitter, even though we didn't went potentially waiting for it. No. It just popped up one day like, oh, yeah, But unlike to the hype, like some hype shows were like, yeah, it was fine. You know, like Mm. most shows are fine. But this, no, there's actually something really special about this. and. It's just so intelligent and thought-provoking. And I mentioned early on about the twists. It's it's not twisty-turny in the way that, like, a suspense thriller is, but new things keep happening and you're mm. like, oh, my God, how are they going to deal with this latest thing? And yeah. the girls keep asking about the drugs, just give the drugs I'm on. You know, each episode I was literally on the edge of my seat going, oh, my God, what's happening? Oh, my God, don't do that. Oh, my God. Like I was so engaged with it. and. Mm. I just am so grateful that I was able to watch this show. It was such a brilliant, brilliant piece of, like, art. I know. And, yeah, in this world where we have, like, some shows that get hyped up for for years and years Mm -hmm. and then movies that we look forward to, you know, for a few months, if not years in advance, you know, with especially some of the big tentpole blockbusters that get announced and they're like, oh, yeah, it's coming out in 2025. Like, oh, okay, cool. Let me know then. Yeah. <laughs> it's really nice sometimes when a show gets made, it's released pretty quickly and then we can all watch it and appreciate it. That kind of felt current in that sense, didn't it? Yeah. It's cool. It also felt really clean and, and the script felt really tight. Like mm. it didn't feel like I, – I don't think I would have cut anything. I don't think there was no. anything that I was like – Oh, that didn't go anywhere. Yeah. Maybe Lani with the pregnancy would be the thing, but yeah, just enough characters and just enough going on each episode to yeah. bring you back and and just long enough. Maybe yeah, as we said, it could be a bit longer, but yeah, 
not like some of those shows we watched where it's yeah, like just get to the point, everybody. No, yeah, it was good. Yeah. So five stars? No, you're gonna give it a whole five. Big fiver. Mm. I'm gonna give it four point seven five. Oh wow, it's pretty good. Yeah, the the quarter point is coming off for maybe that that sort of little bit of dissonance I felt with the first episode with Lani. Mm. I understand why, but as a viewer, it just yep. didn't completely flow with me. But that being said, everything else was top tier. So yeah. I remember yeah. you mentioned how good was the music? Some of them sometimes the music was like very propulsive, I thought. Like yes. they're like they're just scenes of them sitting and having dinner, like you do when mm-hmm. you're in a fancy hotel. But because the music's pounding away in the background, you're like, this is edgy seat stuff. That was really good. And the cinematography as well, beautiful looking. And it's easy to have a maybe a good looking show in Hawaii. Um, but still very, very well done in all those on camera aspects as well. Even the like title sequence, which we haven't even mentioned, is beautiful, mm-hmm. beautifully animated with wallpaper and sort of watercolors. And, yeah, and then, the theme yeah. song, like the theme mm. music, is just brilliant. It has this sort of edge to it where you think something's happening and not going on. And so when that comes back as a motif, it's just, yeah, oh, it's so good. What are you giving it? You know what? I'm going to give it four and a half stars. Oh, excuse what? me. What? Why? Explain yourself well, right now, please. Well, just because I think, well, maybe not. I don't know. I just thought, as I said, maybe there's some of the things. I didn't like the, the kid's story as much, but it was okay. And I kind of been there, done that a little bit with Armand being into drugs. That kind of felt like I've seen this story before a little bit. Everything else, though, in the, the compelling nature of everything else, I'm all for. Yeah, five stars. Okay, whatever. It's your scoring. You score how you want. <laughs> I'm just going to judge you for it. <laughs> okay. All right. Strong recommend, though. Best show you've yes. seen in a while, I reckon. For sure. Yeah. Well, apart from one show, but we didn't mention that anymore on this, do we? So it's all good. Which show? Oh. Think about it. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm going to wrap up the show now. Is there going to be a time when I see it coming? Is there going to be? <laughs> or am I just going to like fall into the trap every time? Mm, I don't know. I don't know. You didn't mention it though. so You didn't so. mention it, so it doesn't count. You can't be mad. Hopefully we can get you into a cinema soon and we can watch some of the latest blockbusters everyone's dying to hear your thoughts on. Something. If someone could build me a one-person cinema at the International Space mm. Station, that would be great, <laughs> please. <it? laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much for listening. Please watch White Lotus and get in touch. Let us know what you think. A rating review doesn't go amiss on iTunes or Apple Podcast or Spotify. If you, I don't know if Spotify can do it, but wherever you can do that, please give it a go. It'd be handy, wouldn't it? So. That'd be great. We'd appreciate it. Yeah. In the meantime, until next time, and the next time that we see you, <laughs> <laughs> just on whatever feels right, you know. Um, all right. Enjoy your stay. Goodbye. Bye. 